The number one most requested person to have on the Pickleball Fire podcast is CJ Johnson. She's well known as an expert in not only pickleball, but also health and fitness. We were able to connect for an episode, so listen for some great tips on how to stay healthy and injury free and improve your pickleball game by getting fitter. So let's get to the intro to hear more from CJ. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, CJ Johnson. Welcome, CJ. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I am delighted to be here. I am so glad you're here. I've been working on trying to get you on the podcast for a while now, and I keep having so many requests because you are actually very well known in the pickleball world. But with that set being said, I do want to first ask you, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but I would love for our listeners to hear the story of how you first started playing pickleball. A lot like many of you who are listening, I had a friend who said to me, she'd been in Vegas, she lives in Vegas in the wintertime, and she said, We are starting a pickleball group and I want you to be there. And, you know, it was CJ show up at this time wearing this clothing at the at the tennis center. And I think my response was probably we're playing pickle who and you want me to do what? And she's that kind of friend. You just show up when she asks. I was there and it didn't take me long to fall in love with the game. And there was a very small group that started that year, probably eight to 12 people maximum. And we played for most of the summer, had a great time, tons of fun, and I was hooked on the game. Okay, for some reason in there, you mentioned something about going to the tennis center and having the right clothing. Did she ask you to wear anything special? No, she just told me, be dressed to play. So she said, it's at the tennis center, be dressed to play, make sure you wear shoes. She wanted me to know that this was active, that this was not sitting down and having cocktails or or having a chat, that we were actually going to be doing something. And so, yeah, so threw on the tennis shoes and, and threw on some active wear and went out to play. You know, I had done a little bit of research on your background before the podcast today and you really had have quite an extensive sports background. And one of the things that I, I think I found the most interesting was there was a time when you really were not involved in, in sports because you were so busy working. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, where you were at then and kind of how you got back into that active mode, we'll call it? Sure. I grew up playing, I grew up playing sports. Skiing was my first passion. I desperately wanted to go to the Olympics and just plain wasn't good enough to, to go down that path. And at the same point in time, my parents were, were very active people. So we were doing a lot of stuff. I was playing golf by the time I was five. Uh, I played tennis as a kid. So when the skiing thing didn't come true, I started focusing on harder on golf. I, like I said, I'd played since I was five and I became a golf professional in my late twenties. I, I like most people, when you look at a sport, you probably want to do it for a living. And that was true for me in golf. But at the time the maybe the top 15 women were making money on the tour. And I wasn't one of them. So I looked for another avenue in golf. I I quickly learned that I could run golf facilities, have a great time doing it, stay in one place and make a whole lot more money 
than I could when I was, you know, trying to play the tour. So that's what I focused on. So I was always involved in golf, but I was so busy with that career because I was a corporate professional. So I was responsible for, as I said, I had four facilities that uh, fell under my charge with over 500 employees. So I was responsible for all of the business side of golf. And I rarely got to play. I, I played a little bit of golf. I still play competitively in my section. I'm a member of the PGA and was a member of the LPGA as well. So I still play competitively in my section, but I, I didn't, I, st I had stopped skiing. I, st I stopped. I didn't play tennis. I didn't do anything other than work. I worked. I played a little bit of golf here and there. And then when I was done with that, I worked some more. It wasn't until my late 30s that I kind of finally got my head on straight and, and found out, I guess it occurred to me at that point in time that life is not forever. <laughs> and I made some changes to my lifestyle. And, and those included bringing some of the, the sports and the passions that I had as a kid back into my life. Yeah. So probably when you came back to doing sports, you, you might've dropped a little bit of weight along, along the way. And I know, you know, like with pickleball, you know, People, you know, when they, I think some of the appeal for especially like people over 50 is that it's an easier sport to play and maybe doesn't require as much fitness, but I really don't think that's probably true. What do you think? I don't think that's true either. I think that's maybe one of the things we like to tell ourselves. I, well, during that time when I was focused on the corporate career, that is all I was focused on. And as you alluded to, I ended up weighing somewhere over 250 pounds. I don't know. I say somewhere over because I never got on a scale. So when I hit 39 and, and this was part of this whole big change for me, I had to confront my weight issues because I was obese. If you had asked me how I was physically, I would have told you, oh, I've got a couple pounds to lose, but I was definitely obese. And so I started down the road to health and fitness. And along the way, not only did I lose over a hundred pounds and I've maintained that weight loss for, let's see, going on, I'm going to be 50. Oh my goodness. I'm going to be 58 in a, in a couple of months here going on 58. So I've, I've lost that hundred pounds. I kept it, I kept it off, but I also became a personal trainer and I took a a real interest in the health and wellness journey that we go through. And when I turned 50, that journey changed for me. I think the journey's always been changing, but it was perhaps more noticeable at age 50. What really interested me is when I started playing pickleball. And so these two journeys were separate. Pickleball was a bit of this hobby and I was really into health and wellness. And when I was playing pickleball, I started noticing people getting hurt. I saw people coming to the court. I saw, and then all of a sudden they weren't there. Well, where did such and such go? Ooh, they got hurt or this happened. And many times it was because of weight issues, fitness issues. And then for me, I got my first case of golfer's elbow from pickleball. Now I've been a golf professional since like I was 27, I think when I uh, turned pro and I had been a golf professional playing hardcore golf since my early twenties. So previous to that playing, hitting thousands and thousands of golf balls a week to try to in, enhance and develop my skills. 
And here it was pickable that gave me the first case of golfer's elbow. And that's when I realized that I could take the passions that I had, the passions for sport and coaching, coaching people, helping people to improve themselves and to improve their lives and combine that with the knowledge that I had in terms of keeping, helping people understand what they needed to do to keep their, their bodies healthy. And so what do people need to do to keep their bodies healthy? Oh, great question. Because it's, and <laughs> unfortunately, and this is not a dodge, this is how I answer most pickleball questions. It depends. It depends where you're at. But let's take just a real bare minimum. What I see people do is I see most people come to the courts, they're anxiously waiting with their friends, or they come with their friends. They get out on a court, bang, 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 hit a couple dinks, maybe a ground stroke, maybe a serve. Three minutes later, they're in a full-blown game. They're asking their bodies to perform without giving their bodies a chance to warm up. At a very minimum, you should be taking five minutes. Now, ideally longer, but let's just say five. That's a good place to start. I believe in starting low and building high. Taking five minutes and doing some dynamic stretching. Uh, dynamic stretching is just simply stretching while we're in motion. Many players, and you know, I cater to an over 50 audience, many of us, when we think about stretching, we think about going into gym class and getting into these god-awful painful stretches, holding them for long periods of time. That's not what that's not how we stretch. <laughs> that's not a healthy way to stretch any longer. So dynamic stretching is stretching well. In motion. So that's the very first thing that I recommend. If you're not sure how to do that, I, I have some videos on, on my channel. One that's five minutes to better pickleball. Really easy to do, super easy to take to the courts with you. Then the other thing you can do is think of it like a bookend. Bookend that by stretching for five minutes after you're finished playing pickleball. You can do this while you're talking with your friends, wrapping up your day. Here we're gonna use more static stretches, which static, that's, that's the term. You're just taking a position and you're holding it and you're allowing the muscles to cool down properly. If people just started there with stretching on either side, they would be doing their body such a favor. And not only that, you're going to start to eliminate some of the injuries and some of the overuse injuries that you see. So if you're not stretching, put it in your plan, five minutes on each side, it's 10 minutes out of your day to keep your body healthy. I mean, isn't that better than not being able to play because you hurt yourself? I think it's a pretty good trade-off. Absolutely. I, I think I forgot the after stretching the other day when I played because I got a Charlie horse and I'm like, where did that come from? It's so easy to do, isn't it? I, I The other day I was drilling with my partner and I had something to do. We stayed longer. <laughs> we were working on something and we stayed a little bit longer. And I looked at the time and I was like, oh no. And the same thing happened to me. I came home. I got involved in something else. I forgot to stretch. The next morning I woke up and I was sore. And it's like, yeah, that's the reason why. So it happens, but yeah, do your best to stretch because your body will certainly thank you for it. Now, one of the other fitness related questions I had is that you know, for example, I had a long layoff because of COVID pandemic where I basically, you know, didn't play for almost a year. 
And I'm thinking about, you know, people who may be in that situation or maybe just new to the game. What's the best way to kind of, you know, ease into playing pickleball if you've never played or haven't played for quite a while? So if you're, if you're coming back to the game is it's so easy to go out and play. Cause especially we haven't seen our friends in a long time, <laughs> a variety of things. All of a sudden you're out there for three hours. It, that's the equivalent of deciding, okay, I'm a distance runner today and next week I'm going to run a marathon. I think we can all logically look at the running analogy and say, Hmm, you're probably going to get hurt if you go from no running <laughs> to running a marathon in a short period of time. One of the things that you have to do is you have to build yourself up and pickleball is no different. So when you go out to play, if you've, if you haven't played in a long time, you've been on a layoff, look at your watch, warm your body up, play two to three games. Cause let's just argument sake, say a game is 20 minutes. If you played three games, that is an hour of activity. That's a lot if you haven't been doing anything else. So watch the time that you're playing, limit your time, build yourself up. And maybe the first time you go out, it's only one time. Maybe you're in pretty good shape. You could go for two games and maybe you're in really good shape. You could go for three, but I got to say your first time out after a long layoff, three should really be the top amount. And that's that's only if you're pretty fit and have stayed pretty fit doing other things. Otherwise, you're asking for you're asking for injury. You know, I, I think I actually I don't know how it happened, but I think I actually met your rule when I came back and played because I'm like, you know, I haven't played in such a long time. You know, even though I'm still in decent shape, it's just different way of moving. So I played my three games and I was still sore the next day. Absolutely. It was funny. I, I live in the mountains. I'm in Lake Tahoe. And I, I still teach, as I said, skiing is a childhood passion. And I teach skiing all winter. I ski more than 100 days during the year. And we had no indoor pickleball this year. So I hadn't played pickleball since October, uh, November, early November. When I went out to play, Lynn, my first day out, and I went to drill. I didn't go out to play. I went to drill. My first day out, I said, okay, an hour. That's the max that we're going to do. I made a plan how to break it up so that I was, I was drilling different skills to hit on different areas of the body at 50 minutes, five, zero. I was looking down at my watch going, okay, it's about time to be done. <laughs> and, and I'm in, I'm in great shape. Like I said, I ski a hundred days a year and, and, and I'm, I'm really into strength training and working out. I do all those things around the sports that I play so I can stay healthy for the sports that I play. And I was ready to be done in less than an hour. So I, I completely understand what you were saying. Right. And I just talked to Megan Hall who had a health issue and she was off for about six weeks and Megan, you know, is a really good professional player coming up through the ranks. And even she said, I got on the court just a week or two ago. And she says, I just feel so, so slow, you know, just not myself. And, you know, she's, you know, and she's, she's a little bit younger than us. And, and it's, unfortunately, unfortunately, the research shows that diminishing returns happen 
in, in a very short time. So the minute we stop doing something physically, and that doesn't mean that your pickleball skills are going to completely deteriorate and go away. Your accuracy is going to go away. You know, Megan, it sounded like she was maybe referring to her footwork. I certainly noticed that when, when I got on the the court, I felt like I had clown shoes on. <laughs> like who, whose body is this? And it's just, when you're not training those muscles, you, you get diminishing returns. So it, it's much easier to continue doing something, even if you're only doing it for short periods of time than it is to take long layoffs, if possible. What else should we be doing, you know, especially as players over 50, that is not necessarily on the court? Should, should we be doing other things, you know, off the court to make sure we're able to not only perform well, but not get injured? Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I hear people say too often is, I don't have any time. I'm playing too much pickleball. I get it. I understand that pickleball is playing fun or it, it, and, and playing it is just plain fun. But if you're not taking care of your body, your body's going to bite back, especially if you're over 50. So there's two things that I really encourage people to do. The first one is balance. Your balance is deteriorating. And it doesn't matter what age you are, but it is deteriorating significantly. Again, once we, <laughs> once we hit that half century mark, things seem to speed up just a little bit. And balance is something that you can easily improve. So you have balance, which is more of a static thing. And so to think of it that way, think about standing on one leg. That's balance. What goes hand in hand with balance is stability. So stability, an example would of that would be stand on one leg and then rotate the leg that's in the air at the hip. So you've put some motion to it. In order to play good pickleball, we need to have both balance and stability. Those are super easy things to add into your day. And in fact, it's really funny. I just started a, a challenge in our VI Pickleball membership where it's a balanced challenge and it's a maximum of five minutes a day. Now, it would be that would be five times <laughs> and doing 30 seconds on each leg. So as an example, when you go and brush your teeth in the morning, stand on one foot for 30 seconds, stand on the other foot for 30 seconds. That's a balance move. You already have one minute in. When you're standing at the sink, washing dishes, do the same thing. One foot for 30 seconds, the other foot for 30 seconds. Now you've got two minutes inside of your day. When you are watching TV, same exact thing, 30 seconds each foot. Now you have three minutes during the course of the day. See if you can even up that two more times to that five minute marker and you're going to see improved balance and stability out on the court. That translates directly to your pickleball game. Think of being at the non-volley zone line. We need to move side to side at the non-volley zone line, and that's where balance and stability can, can help you. So balance is the very first thing that I recommend. And then the second thing would be some strength exercises, specifically in the lower body. Again, I'm going to take you back to the non-volley zone line. Think about dinking. The mistake that I see most players over 50 make when their legs aren't strong enough to bend from the knees, they bend from 
the hips. So in, in it, what happens is you bend from the hips and your upper body ends up parallel to the ground. Now that's a position that if you try and hit a dink from that position, you're going to create some pop-ups. What you need to be able to do to dink efficiently is to lower your body from your legs to use the strength in your legs. Hard to do that if you don't have leg strength. So same as the balance, you can add leg strengths to your routine throughout the the course of the day. Take another minute. You could do uh, glute bridges. Those are very easy. You lie down on the floor, bring your heels back towards your butt, and just kind of roll your pelvis up into the air. Hold it for a count of three, then lower it down. Do those for 30 seconds. Do some side lunges for 30 seconds, some squats. And and here's an easy way to do squats because I hear people all the time tell me, well, I can't do that because of my knees. Well, I think there are things that we can do, you can modify. So here's an easy way to do a squat. When you get up out of a chair, get up without using your hands. Those are the things that I try to tell people balance in strength training and find ways to fit them into your day, into your life, into your pickleball game. Because a few minutes here, a minute here, a minute there, a minute here, those all add up to a stronger, healthier pickleball player. And and I again, I'm just going to go back to this. I don't think anyone wants to miss time from the courts. And if you're not taking care of your body, you are increasing your risk of injury. I love the example that you gave there of you know, trying to improve the balance and the stability and really in relationship to strength is to actually, you know, stand up from a chair and not use your hands. Because when I was rehabilitating my knee, that was one of the things that the physical therapist had me do. And you know what, I completely forgot about that. But as you said, that is such an easy thing when I'm sitting at my desk to, you know, be able to get up and do just like you said, bringing it into your normal everyday life. I mean, that's perfect. And another way to tie that in is, so when you do it, when you go to get up from your chair, you're in your chair for the evening, you're watching something on Netflix. When you go to get up from your chair, tell yourself, I'm going to just do it five times up, down, up, down five times, and then go on your business. (laughs) Those little habits are the things that Again, they're, they're, they're going to keep your body healthier. And, and here's the whole thing. Pickleball is great for our lives in so many ways, but it's just part of the big picture. The stronger you are, the better your balance as you age, the better your life is going to be, period. Those are all things we need for healthy living. I'm going to definitely get on that as soon as I get off this uh, call or podcast, but Anyways, a couple things to cover before we do finish up. And you mentioned earlier about your VIP pickleball group. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what that offers to players? Oh, absolutely. Last year, I, I did a pickleball summit. And, and, and I think we're going to mention we've got one coming up uh, soon. But last March, we did a pickleball summit with, with everyone who went into lockdown. 13 creators got together and had this fun, wonderful online event. During that time, I met my partner now, Tony Roy, from the YouTube channel Into Pickle. And Tony and I just had a chemistry. He was fun to talk with. And last year, last August, we started talking about how people learn pickleball. And I've, I love YouTube, don't get me wrong, but YouTube isn't the platform for 
long-term progress it, it, for, for just for a variety of reasons. So I had been thinking for a long time, how do I help people play better pickleball in a more significant way? And as Tony and I started talking about this, one of the things that I, I, I had really wanted to do was an online learning community that had three components. Of course, there would be courses so that you could get the in-depth instruction. I think that's one of the things that's still lacking today. Even though there's more pros who are traveling and giving some great clinics, sometimes it can be cost prohibitive because of all the travel expenses. It's not If you're not in a major metropolitan area, it could be very difficult to get in-person instruction. So I wanted something that had detailed courses. I also wanted something that had online coaching so that if someone got stuck, they didn't have to wait for an answer. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, okay, now I've got to ask a question and and I've got to wait for that person to get back to me. So I wanted to do some online coaching. And then the third component to that was a community, because one of the things about pickleball, I think that people love as much as the sport is the social aspect and um, meeting players from different parts of the country and having these friends that we have this great connection with. So Tony and I got together and last uh, November, we launched this online membership community and have had great fun, great, uh, great time building it up, understanding more about our initial group of members and, and what they want and, and how best to deliver that, including how people learn online to help them to get the materials that they need for the spot, the the point they are in their game. I think that's one of the very challenging things. And in, in you, this happened when you asked me the question earlier, Lynn, is what should somebody do? And and truly, the answer is it depends. The same, and 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 it's that overriding philosophy with pickleball is when you ask me what should I do in my pickleball game, it's dependent on your level. And what I wanted to do was create a program that would help people understand what was best for them and ignore all the other chatter out there and focus on the things that would really help them as an athlete. And uh, VI Pickleball was born. Well, perfect. Can you give folks an idea of how the cost of it? Sure, absolutely. So it's $35 a month. And that includes everything. That's modules and courses. We have at least uh, two online weekly events. And then we have a community that's very active. And I was mentioning we have a challenge going. We have a monthly challenge in that community. And right now we're doing a balance challenge so that everyone can improve their balance and improve their pickleball. So, you know, again, the goal is really to treat people holistically because we're not just pickleball players. We are athletes and, and sometimes people bristle a little bit at being called an athlete, but what would you call somebody who plays a sport three hours a day, sometimes three days a week, I'd call you athletes. <laughs> and as athletes, we need to take care of not just our pickleball games. We need to take care of our bodies. We need to take care of our mindset and we need to take care of the people that are in our community. And that's what, hopefully, that's what VI Pickleball is doing. Now, you also briefly mentioned the Pickleball Virtual Summit. Can you give a little bit more details on when that's going to be and who some of your presenters will be? 
I certainly can. As I said, we had so much fun with the summit last year that I went back and talked to a lot of the people who were on the summit with us last year. And wow, it's the response has just been overwhelming. So we are going to be doing a summit on June, starting June 27th is going to be our kickoff day. We're going to go June 27th through June 30th. Uh, Registration will be, uh, registration is free and it'll be kicking off on June 1st. And we have a variety of speakers. As I said, we want to treat pickleball players holistically. So we're not only going to be talking technique and strategy, we're going to be talking about mindset and equipment and rules and boy, you name it. And there happens to be a, a, a gal that's maybe on the other end of this microphone who might be one of our speakers. I think, right? You bet. So I I graciously invited Lynn to be one of our speakers. She's been chatting with so many people about where pickleball has been and where it's going. I think she's got, I'm not going to, I'm not going to steal her thunder right now because I know it's still in development in her head, but I think she's going to have an unbelievably interesting topic that we'll be talking about and presenting on the summit. So right now, Lynn, you're one of who we're up to 30. And we still have some people that we haven't uh, yet confirmed. So, but we're going to have 30 speakers over those uh, three days. I can let you know we have Barrett from Pickleball Kitchen. We have Nicole and Jordan from Primetime Pickleball. We have Dane Gingrich. He's the 1% Mindset. He's a mental performance coach as well as a top senior player. And we have Mark Remison from Third Shot Sports. So those are kind of our keynotes who will be doing live presentations those days. And then everything else will be recorded. So you don't even have to be there live. You'll be able to see the recordings and um, just really looking forward to it. So Lynn will have some links and I know that she'll be sending them out to you. So that's how you can get registered for the summit, but put the dates on your calendar, June 27th through the 30th. Perfect. And like CJ said, I will definitely put links to that in the show notes so everybody can attend. And I definitely will look forward to presenting. So to finish up today, CJ, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place to contact you? I know you've got the VIP community. You probably do some teaching in your area also of pickleball. So where's the best place to get a hold of you? So the easiest place to get me is to reach out to me at cj at wearepickleball.com. Shoot me an email and whether it's a question about VI Pickleball, in-person teaching, we are going to have some camps here in Lake Tahoe in later September. So if you're looking for a vacation now that we're done with COVID, it's a wonderful place to come and be. So feel free to reach out out to me there and, and we'll let you know what's cooking. I would encourage everybody to attend something in the Lake Tahoe area with CJ, because not only is she a great teacher, as you can already hear that and is so knowledgeable, but as you said, CJ, it's a beautiful area. I used to vacation there every year as a child up in Lake Tahoe, so it's a great spot. It is. I was just asked a question about what was the last place I traveled to before COVID, and I said, who travels when you live in Lake Tahoe? Well, perfect. That's a, that's a great way to, I think, end the podcast. And I so thank you for being on. I know you're super busy because you, you know, you teach what three sports still, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, thanks again, CJ. 
Lynn, thank you so much for having me. It has been fun to be on the podcast. And more importantly, it's been really fun to get to know you. All right. Well, have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.